the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's Mannheim Steamroll. <laughs> is that who it is? No, it's from uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. It's for what is it, really? Sounds like I'm ready for, I'm ready for, um, you know, uh, Tony Bennett or maybe uh, Michael Blueblade to start singing here. But I think it's just, just an instrumental thing. Yeah. I like the brushes in the background. Yeah. Anyway. Good morning, it's a Monday, and we are a few days closer to Christmas. Today is the 7th, and uh, what's special about December 7th? Oh, Heidi's got her hand up. I'll let you answer, Heidi. Go right ahead. Is it the anniversary of Pearl Harbor? It is. Mm -hmm. It is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor today. A day that will live in infamy. Uh, that, uh, That is there, and not more than a few weeks later... We destroyed basically the whole Japanese carrier fleet at the Battle of Midway. <laughs> it's a good uh, some things that you should think about if you if you happen to come across a World War II vet and they're getting they're getting uh, you know smaller and smaller group. You need to go and, uh, and tell them thank you big time. They've got, they've got to be in there just about a hundred years old now. A lot they? of them are in their mid to late nineties. Yeah. No. I don't see many of them as we as we used to see. No, I, they're, they're here's what out. I see most of. I see most of Korean and Vietnam. That's what I see. I that, see a lot of Vietnam. That's your vets. generation. Yeah, that's my Vietnam, generation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My my grandfather was a World War II veteran, and uh, uh, one of the m- most amazing things I've ever witnessed in my life is an honor flight from Oregon showing up at at uh, the dc airport to go tour yeah and uh i bet there was two thousand people lined up on each side of the to applaud uh, them. of the runway to mm-hmm. applaud them when they came in mm-hmm. and it was a reception like i've never seen before it was like they were coming home from from pow yeah and well, uh well. it was an amazing sight but that's some that honor flight is is a, is a good thing for the veterans to honor the veterans and get them let, let them see their memorial well and some of them, believe it or not, didn't get a chance to see the memorial because the president at the time, uh, President Obama, blocked off uh, that the yeah. uh, the memorial, yeah. and then the vets uh, came through, and the, the vets said, 
I stormed the beaches of Normandy. I'm not worried about you telling me I can't come <laughs> not to see my to see my uh, you know um, memorial. And I was really proud of some of the uh, uh, congressmen and women and senators that uh, showed up at the memorial and said, "Open this thing up." I think that was one of the darkest shots that Obama had. At, during yeah. his presidency. That's no place love. to play politics is with no. our veterans and with our war Absol- memorials. Absolutely no, what, not. No place for politics in that. But Jennifer had a, my wife had an uncle that was there on December the 7th that day and uh, and ha- had his ship sink. And uh, he got to give us an account of what it was like that day. And, and we got to hear about it from a person that was there. Oh, his landing craft uh, sunk? The, the ship he was, that he was on, yeah, the, the ship that he was oh, on. Oh, that was sitting out in the, in yeah, the English Channel. Yeah, he was Channel. there in Pearl Har- Harbor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was. Oh, he was there. Oh, in the, he was uh, on a ship in Pearl Harbor when the Japanese attacked. Well, so he yeah. went for a swim. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He's. He said the scariest thing was all the oil burning on top of the water. The uh, people really couldn't jump in and swim because of all the oil that was burning. So well, he about yeah, had to, to ride it out on the ship because of. Till it went down. Yeah, till it went down. Of course, I guess in some places in that harbor, wasn't the water pretty shallow? Probably. Well, probably. I'm sure there was. You know, oh, yeah. Well, I guess they're still were... sticking half out of the water today. Mm-hmm. The Arizona okay, now, is still there. You're talking about Pearl Harbor. Yeah, Pearl Harbor. Okay. Pearl Harbor. So yeah, everybody talking... remembers. Yeah, Pearl Harbor. I remember about that. That movie, Midway, that came out last year, is a pretty good movie if mm. you want to get a feel for how the United States felt after that happened. I mean, we lost all of our battleships. In Pearl Harbor? Yes. Oh, wow. We were, we were lucky. We were lucky that our carriers were out on maneuvers. Because mm-hmm. they would have gotten everything. Then oh. the West Coast would have been totally non-defended. And the Japanese could have come on. Just come on. And, yeah, I know I've read the, the same statements you have that they didn't attack America because there was a gun behind every blade of grass. But there was more to it than just that. There was still, like, three flat tops sitting out there that they didn't know where they were. See, so it was the Enterprise, the Yorktown. I'm trying to think what the third one was. This is it's too early to get my mind going <laughs> as far as uh, – history with that goes. that's the one thing on my wife's bucket list is to go see the arizona it's still leaking oil is that you know right? that it still leaks oil yeah you yeah, can see it come up those slowly it's still, still dribbling up. up yep up, yep. <laughs> yep it'll come up because it's under the water yep. there's a lot of people still in, entombed in that uh, uh in that battleship all right so good morning to you what did you do over the weekend did you have a good one i did i had a great weekend I took my grandson. If you listen to the show on Friday, we talked to Randy Motley from Motley's uh, Christmas Tree Farm, and uh, and I told him that I was going to come out, and I did. I brought my grandson out there, and my my daughter, and and my wife, and we went out. Got there at about twenty minutes after twelve, and we left at about three thirty. Wow, and I was I was worn out. My grandson was worn out. He had a great time. He loved the pig races. He <laughs> thought the pig races were great. We were when we got over there to watch him. We were on the back row. <clears throat> Eli didn't care. He walked up to the fence 
<laughs> around the track so he could get a bird's eye view about what was going on. It was great. Had a great time watching, and he was he was just he was rooting for Rudolph. Come on, Rudolph! Come on, Rudolph! It was it was fun to watch him. It really was. Uh, they had some things. They told us about the pirate ship, and Eli got on that. They got a small but large kind of a <laughs> dichotomy there, but it's pretty big. All yeah. right, I would say it's maybe a story and a half tall if you get up in the crow's nest. And he was running around that and having a good time with that, sliding down slides and stuff. And then, uh, then he saw it. the two big blisters over there that were nothing more than a trampoline. And that was the first time I ever seen something like that. It's attached on the ground, around the ground. I'm sure there's some concrete there. Like a balloon of some sort? And it's, it, they've got uh, an air compressor Blown it that up. keeps them filled up. Huh. And then one is yellow and one is red. The yellow is for kids up to, and I, I don't quote me on this, like nine years old. Mm-hmm. And the other one is for kids up, up to nine years old. So Eli, you know, being three and a half, he was over there doing his thing. And boy, he got on that. And he did not. He did not want to leave. That's just the way it went. Time, time to go. No. <laughs> Come on, Eli. Let's go. Uh-uh. So he bought himself... He bought himself some dragons at the, the gift shop. When we first got there, we had some food. Food was very good, by the way. They're making it. They make it hot and ready to go right there. And wife had a mushroom burger. Daughter had a cheeseburger. I, being from the upper north, originally had a brat ah, with right. uh, plenty of onions <laughs> and, of course, sauerkraut. No. no. <laughs> mustard. And mustard. Only mustard. You only put uh, mustard on a brat or a hot dog from where I'm uh, from. I don't know. I was in Herman, Missouri for Oktoberfest working on the railroad, and I walked up, and this older lady was cooking them in her front yard mm-hmm. and selling them. Oh, yeah. And I walked up and said, I want one of those. And whenever she... I, she handed it to me first, then she took the thongs and threw the sauerkraut oh, on it. Oh, yeah. And then stood there and waited for me to take a bite. I'd never eaten sauerkraut in my life because yeah. of the smell, but I had to eat it at that point. Well, when I took a bite of it, I said, hey, it works. Gave you, gave, gave, got a little bit of that that snap that comes with yeah, yeah. sauerkraut. My, my Ever mom, since then. My mom actually has sauerkraut that's dill-flavored, and huh. it's actually pretty good. It's, like, it's almost like a... Eating a, well, you know, it's just cabbage. Yeah, it is. I mean, come on, it's, it's just cabbage. It's crispy like, cabbage. A, um, crispy like a pickle. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. You know, I I uh, eat it from time to time. I've never found out whether that is a German staple or a Polish staple. Maybe somebody hmm. can call in and clear know. that up. The Germans adopted it for sure. No, yeah, they use it a lot, but so hmm. do the Poles. They use it a lot. I mean, you go to Chicago and go to to the northeast side where the Cubs play, and that's the largest group of Polish people uh, outside of Warsaw. There's a lot of Poles <laughs> up there. I mean, I go up there when I come, I go back to visit once in a while, and I'll go up and buy some kibasa up there and what is some kibasa? things. It's a sausage. Sausage, okay. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. But uh, just, um, you know, that's culture you know <laughs> culture so if somebody knows sauerkraut 
German or Polish? Hmm. I mean, what is it, Polish, and then the Germans got a hold of it? Was it uh, German and the Poles got hold of it? I'd kind of like to know if somebody's and, got some of the history. And I wonder it. what the so, – so years ago, back when people went on board ship for months and months at a time, one of the – one of the struggles they had was scurvy, and oh, so yeah. one of the things they needed needed was a source of vitamin C. I th- I think sauerkraut is a a source of vitamin C. Well, that would make sense. I mean, it's pickled, but, so I would say it's got vitamin C in it. Yeah, I, I think cabbage in general has has vitamin. No, C. does it? Did I, I don't think, know. I think it does. I mean, but, I, but I think the I don't get to make it much at my house mm-hmm. because they don't like the smell of it when you cook it it stinks i mean i'll be honest well, it stinks the kind of fermented product yeah but i still no 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 i'm not i'm just talking about cabbage oh just oh just go buy a head cabbage, of cabbage right. and chop it up and mm-hmm. and throw it in a pan and, and yeah we have that pretty frequently fry it, you know it's yep. good or cabbage soup let it cook for about six hours in your house mm-hmm. and your whole house smells like cabbage. cooked cabbage <laughs> it's exactly what it smells but it oh it's so good Ooh, I'm sounding like Mr. Food again. Yeah, I had, I had to get, I had to grow up a little bit before I, I learned to start eating cabbage, but I'll eat it now. Yeah, and I like it because it'll fill you up, and uh, it's, it's a very, quality. very, very low in calories. It's a nutritious food, too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good for you. All right, so that's something to, to keep in mind uh, as well. But uh, not just cabbage, but today is the is the uh, anniversary of uh, D-Day on Hawaii, Pearl Harbor. Pearl yeah, you got to remember all of. Oh. You try to remember all of uh, of that stuff. That's these are things to remember. All right, so let, let me ask you a question. You've been thinking about buying your house, uh, buying a house, selling a house, whatever. Well, uh, what you need to do is to remember with those words attached the name Dustin Turner. Dustin Turner is a, uh, of course, realtor and got a company, and he can take good care of you. For instance, Judy, who was trying to sell her house, uh, planned uh, to to retire. She needed to sell her home in Maumelle. Four times she tried to sell her home with no success. When she smoke, uh, spoke with Dustin Turner, he explained his proven marketing plan that he has. And although Judy wasn't optimistic, she decided to give Dustin a try. And imagine how shocked Judy was when two weeks later, Dustin had an offer for her home. If you want your home listed, contact any agent. If you want your home sold, talk to Justin Turner. Dustin Turner, that's something that I'm going to be doing here in the very near future. I'm uh, painting the inside of my house uh, starting here in the next couple of weeks with Tim Hankey. And uh, then uh, we're going to put down new flooring. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to put the house on the market. Oh, really? Well, yeah, you know. Look, I'm 67. It's time for me to sell the house and downsize. Something you don't have to clean as much. The downsizing part worries me more than selling the house, to be honest. Houses are selling like crazy right now. It is a a seller's market right now. So I I don't want to miss that. And Lord knows what the new president's going to do, so we have to find out what that's going to be all about. So if your home is still on the market and – the only offers coming to you are lower than you had hoped for, then you need to get a hold of uh, Dustin Turner with the home team brokered by EXP Realtor, and they can help you uh, and give you an instant cash offer without the large hidden fees. And there's no risk to you. Dustin will let you out of the contract at any time. 
You called the only agent I'd call. I just told you I'm going to be calling this guy here in the next few months. Uh, so you know that I trust him and that I want to use him. And he's the only guy I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Justin Turner today at 501-952-2969. That's 501-952-2969. Or go online to uh, hometeamsoldit.com. That's home teamsoldit.com and then you can just start packing because it's just a matter of time that they're going to move your house i keep up on my what my house is worth i have zillow zillow all right and it came in my house over this year has improved on its um uh, selling capacity by almost five percent I'm up around $190,000. I bought it for one hundred and fifty-five. So if I can get it in that range, I'll be a happy camper. All right, a break at 622 in the morning. How are you doing? It's a little bit chilly out. Put a jacket on or a heavy, a heavy jacket or a light coat. That's what I would suggest that you do. And then we'll be back. RD is here. Paul is here. And we'll uh, talk further here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so yesterday uh, the Republican Party got together Saturday, and uh, right. and decided yeah uh, Saturday pardon me and decided who was going to be the new uh chairman of the Arkansas GOP uh and it was uh, what what was the lady's name Fulmer yeah Fulmer what's, what's Fulmer's her first, first one uh Janet no 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 what is her G- let's see is it Janice or no Janelle <laughs> I'm not good with names. I, I, I've only here. known her for 20 years. Just Is that about. all? John, John, yeah, L. John L. Fulmer. Oh. John L. Fulmer. Oh, yeah, John when L. you said it wrong, I was like, it, <laughs> threw, it, it threw, messed me up. I couldn't get it. John I know L. her, Fulmer. but I know that's not her name, she's, right? Yeah. <laughs> she, she's been, right. But she's been the 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 national commi- committee yeah, representative. She's, you know, she's worked a lot. I'm not and going, uh, I don't she's been it. in the. She's been around. For she's a been while. A, a member of the Republican uh, committee since 1995. So she's been in there for 25 years. She's she's uh, served as the national committee woman for uh, I know the last eight years. Now I'll and, make a uh, phone call and see if we can get her on this week. Yeah, I need that to get, would be great. I need to get Doyle on for him to talk about being uh, chairman because when he leaves. Uh, it's a major difference here in the state of Arkansas because he is the longest-running state chairman of the Republican Party. In the history of the whole country. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Of all 50 states. Yes. Really? Yeah. Wow. He, yeah. So turnover is pretty, uh, he's pretty the longest running. And, uh, so who, he, was, who was the chairman before him? Was it Gilbert Baker or was it somebody else? There's been a bunch of them. I don't have remember. He's, have he's, been, he's been chairman as long as I've been active. In the, the, it. Let's see the... Um, trying to think who's the tre- treasuries the governor's been chairman of the party before yeah. and the, uh, the treasury secretary has been uh as well from down there in uh saline county yeah saline county yeah I a bunch can't. of them been from saline his county. name is eluding me and <laughs> i got well, i'm not the only one this morning <laughs> we need another cup of coffee kind of yeah it might be i i got run around a lot this weekend by my my grandson I'm just telling you, man, my tongue was hanging out by the time I left to Motley's Tree Farm. It really was. But we, well, I bought some of the fudge, by the way. It's good. It's really good. Excellent. I bought Eli a, 
a square of it and it had m&ms in it oh, wow he really liked it a lot. he didn't get we he got mad because we wouldn't let him eat the whole block mm. <laughs> and i just was afraid that if we did that we'd be pulling over hey look here's what they're looking for out there right now if you're really really worried about covid19 then what you should do is become a volunteer to help uh, take care of the COVID-19 vaccine clinical research study. I mean, you can't, look, if you want to shut the economy down and you want people to stay at home and wear masks everywhere they go, then you really need to be part of this study. That's bottom line. You should be trying to come up with an answer. And uh, if you want to help the research team uh, on this investigational vaccine for COVID-19, uh, by participating in the clinical trial, you get to have access to no-cost study-related care. You also will have the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. No insurance is required on your part. If you're an adult who is in good or stable health, you may be able to qualify. So if you're interested in learning more, if you want to be part of the, uh, you know, the the covid-19 solution solution, that's the word i was looking for then what you need to do is call 501-954-7822 501-954-7822 or go online to see the letter c 19 that's the number vaccinestudy.com that's c19 vaccinestudy.com they're still looking for folks they need your help so be part of the solution here. That's the COVID-19 vaccine clinical research study. So keep that in mind. All right. So Dennis Milligan was the name I was trying to pull out of my 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 sodded brain matter this morning. <laughs> that is just go. It's going slow. I'm sorry. It's going slow. Now, some people are trying to get on Facebook and see the show and are having problems right now. Evidently, Facebook got their panties in a wad saying you played a piece of music that you don't have rights to. And, you know, we pay uh, rights fees here for the station. So I I guess they look and see we're a talk station. They figure we don't play any music. But but we're we're working on it. We're working to get it back on for you here on 1011 FM, The Answer. So keep that in mind. And as soon as it's back up, I will let you know because I want to. I want you to see my pretty face. <laughs> no, really, I want you to see RDs. <laughs> yeah, we got the good, bad, and the ugly here today. So as we've always said in the past, so uh, well, you're sitting there turns. on the side that's closest to the camera today. <laughs> they can really see you today. Uh, Iverson's not here today. Typically, he is in studio, but I guess I think probably over the weekend they had the uh, the state meeting and he was burning the midnight oil some and so he's well, he, not here today yeah he's been busy for a long time going to county committee meetings yes and he has he's been traveling he's been doing a lot of traveling he's been busy man campaigning and yeah. then you have uh, of course jan had a a, a big uh, training session yesterday and uh, said she was having another one today it's a big thing right now mm-hmm. people wanting to learn how to use their guns All right yeah i've got neighbors and 
friends at church and people a lot of people buying guns and wanting to go shooting so uh, yeah well maybe i've some, been doing maybe, some of that myself maybe some of us ought to start myself. doing more of that yeah yeah it might be necessary it might yeah. just yeah. might happen we'll what, i know we'll a lot of people are holds. buying a lot of uh a lot of uh firearms over there in cabot uh that new place that opened up over by the uh that little restaurant in the in the best donuts or whatever uh-huh they don't have any guns. Well, they said they're having problems getting guns. Well, yeah, I mean, we're Nathan talking twelve gauges and stuff. Yeah, Nathan House over at Arkansas Armory. I think he sold basically every gun he's had, and and uh, and uh, is having trouble getting ammunition. So, uh, so the display cases are are uh, pretty bare over there. Yeah, pretty mostly, bare. Mostly right. the Arkansas Armory too. Well, now they're selling out of long guns too. Then yes, uh-huh. yeah, wow. yeah, both all wow. of them. By the way, yeah. my thanks to Jack uh, Solardo. He's a gunsmith. He, that is the the husband of Elizabeth, right? And uh, he had my Remington twelve gauge, and it was it was hanging up. You'd shoot one round and you eject. It's a semi auto, right? And it would eject, but the next round would not go in. Wouldn't cycle. So um, he took it apart and he found some um, grease that I had used to keep things the way they're supposed to work, and evidently I put too much, kinda, and it hardened up. Kind of sticking. Yeah, so it was sticking in there. And I, I had told him it was empty, because I thought it was, because I'd rack it, and I wasn't seeing anything. Right so yet. 870. Yeah, that's what it is, an 870. You're yeah. right, sir. Vietnam special. Yeah. So Well, it had three rounds in it. Oh, you had it. It was really gummed up. Yeah, then. it was, and wow. he, it now works perfectly, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, uh, if if you need a gunsmith, let me know. I'll get with Jack and see if it's all right if I give his number to you. But uh, yeah, he does a good job, real good job. Generally, that eight reasonable okay. price. Yeah, okay. Generally, that eight seventy is a really reliable shotgun. Yeah, yeah. yeah you Just throw it, that throw it in the dirt. Of course, over in Vietnam, <laughs> they they uh, they took in and. Uh, uh, sawed off the barrel you can't do that legally now but so you know only the government's allowed to do that. yeah only the government <laughs> they can break their own laws at times when they want to uh, so anyway um, that that is one sound that chunk, if you got chunk. a 12 gauge pump and it's an 870 that if you're a robber worth your salt you should know what that sound is yeah it means I've got a couple get of out of the house you're in as fast as you can. <laughs> I've got a couple of Ithaca thirty set model thirty sevens, and they make it. They're they loud make that when sound. You, the other yeah, pumps also they make also, that same sound. Right. Yeah, the, the auto the auto shotgun, the semi-auto shotguns don't make quite the same sound. Do no, they, they no. do not. No, but they'll, they'll, they'll still make a bunch got, of holes. I've got a semi-automatic, and then I got a chunk. The, the, a pump. the reason I got the pump is for exactly that reason. Is uh, in home defense for communications yeah. purposes yeah this, this, this like revolver is pretty dependable yeah when, it, when, when i got that and i chunk in the first one into the tube because i don't keep one in the tube i mm-hmm. think that's dangerous yeah with little kids around it's probably yeah uh, and i do have little kids around mm-hmm. but it's in a place that they'd have to go out of their way to get to it make mm-hmm. sure do i have a safe no Am I worried about somebody breaking in my house? I'm usually always at my house. And if I'm not there, one of my family members is there, and they know where that 12-gauge is, and they know how to use it. 
<laughs> so that's the key. It's a it's a defensive weapon as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. But when you deploy it to use it as a defensive weapon, it becomes an offensive weapon at that point. Well, I tell you what, there's a different sense of height of escalation of a situation. And as far as I'm concerned, the a 12 gauge takes it to the highest level because you're not going to miss. No, you <laughs> will not, not miss. Somebody, miss. somebody is going anybody to bleed. Anybody gets out a shotgun, you know, they're definitely going to get your attention. Uh, yeah, regardless, of, <laughs> regardless of what's loaded in the thing, yeah. if you're if you're in close range, you can really make someone change their mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel so uncomfortable in my town or in my subdivision that i've got it mounted on the wall near Mm -hmm. the bed i don't have it there i have it somewhere where i can get to it fairly rapidly now i have pistols all over the place Mm -hmm. i'm typically when i walk through my house i'm not further than probably 15 feet from a handgun at any time so i can i can get it i definitely if it's late at night somebody knocks on my front door i have one very close that i can put in the back of my pants mm-hmm. and uh, answer the door and i answer it like this you know you, are we on are we back up yet are you watching us on on no let me let me see if i can uh, paul's looking because i don't want to waste my time doing this if nobody can see <laughs> it. just anyway what i got is i got my left hand behind my back yeah. and i got my hand on the butt of my pistol and I open my door with my right hand, and I can shoot as well with my right and my left. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. that's pretty impressive. No, I'm not uh, any problem. I'll tell you what you like, Paul. Did you? Did I have you crank off the the 38 so you could feel how hard that pull uh-uh. was? Oh, uh-huh. I didn't do that. Somebody I did, and it was hard. Yeah, I know uh, Jack went home and he had Elizabeth said, "Here, pull the pull the trigger." She couldn't pull it. I couldn't. Well, because it was that yeah, it was twenty pound pull. Yeah, that's. Too That's much. way too much. Well, now it's like 10 or 11. Yeah. And he went in there and put silicon on it, cleaned it Teflon, up. and uh, put a new trigger in it. And let me tell you what. Nice smooth. smooth yeah. as silk. And click, 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 click. And it doesn't, no problem. I can't wait to go yeah, to the firing you've range. Got a ha- you've got a hammerless. And yeah. so, so for some people, 11 pounds sounds like a lot. But for hammerless, that's you kind of have to have something yeah. there because it's got to actually pull the hammer back and then it fires. And so that's different from a um, a, a single action where you actually pull the hammer back yourself and then you the trigger is just a, a tripping mechanism. Yeah. I'll just tell you, it's, just, uh, it's now I'd hate to be on the receiving end. Just want to let you know. Got dumb, dumb bullets in it, <laughs> ready to do damage if necessary. I live by what my father taught me. If you're going to take a gun out, it's serious time. Mm-hmm. Don't pull it out unless you intend to use it. That is what he always you pull told it out, me. You, you may have to. He was a World War II vet, all right? Serve a patent, tank commander. I can just tell you, he was of the the, the opinion that you don't show a gun to try to scare somebody. <laughs> That'll get you shot. Yeah, that's right. That'll get you yeah, shot. That will get you shot. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we got 14 minutes to 7. Going to take a break. Uh, again, today is Pearl Harbor Day. Keep that in mind. And uh, I just saw a story that said and uh, they were going to have a, a World War II vet on the news, and he passed away over the weekend. Oh, he man. was He was 100 years old. It's, you know, you get you get 
I think you get past 80, you're on borrowed time. <laughs> I just, I'm just telling you, you get past 80, you know, you should be, make sure you, your, your, your affairs are in order. That's just the way it should be. I saw a statement the other day, and it said, if the new 60, if 60 is the new 40, then 9 p.m. is the new midnight. <laughs> it has for me for a long time since i've been doing mornings 9 p.m is my bedtime but a lot of i talk to a lot of people and they go to bed early now and it's not like they stay up all right break then we'll come back finish up this first hour of the dave ellswick show it is a monday december 7th right here on 101.1 fm the answer all right let's finish it up for uh, this uh, first hour on a monday you're heading in. If you if you feel like I do right now, I feel kind of hungover. I haven't had a drink over over the week, <laughs> the weekend. I, I mean, I haven't had a beer. Haven't had nothing. Uh, bottom line is, I look, I feel a little slow today. I went to bed early. I was tired. It's amazing how a three and a half year old can run you ragged. Can run yeah. you ragged. And uh, Eli ran me ragged yesterday. He really, really did. But I wouldn't give it up for the, you know, for the world. We measured him yesterday. Now he's not four yet, and uh, he is almost four foot tall. Pretty dog wow. close. He's grown since yeah. I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. He has. You'd be amazed when you saw him. You'd also be amazed because beginning of summer, he always he looks kind of like Pop with a bald head as he gets buzzed. <laughs> keep it, keep him, you know, uh, cool. Um, now he's got a full head of hair again. Mm-hmm. I wish I could grow hair like that again. Can't do it. That's why I don't worry about having any, bottom line. So anyway, uh, you know, I just feel a little lethargic this morning. Don't mean to, but it's just the way it is. And um, I was thinking about calling in, and I thought, I don't have anybody to call. <laughs> I, could ask, I could ask Heidi to fill in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heidi has given me the absolute no shake of her head. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do that. Artie, Artie Hopper and I and Heidi could could um, yeah that'd, could try that'd be an interesting show to say the least. We could probably muddle through it, but yeah, but anyway, yeah, I could. Said yeah. one of you guys could have done it or whatever, but yeah. not me. I'd come and do the gig, man. <laughs> yeah. I like getting with people and talking to them about what's going on. Yeah, well, there's sessions coming up pretty soon oh my gosh there's so a there's lot. about to be you know we're gonna we're, 2500 hour, bills stick around <laughs> next hour talk about the hate crime legislation uh and uh, there's an interesting story to go along with that from the uh, state meeting for the republican party that happened yesterday mm. kind of interesting what uh, what went down there for that so we'll want to talk about uh about that uh, hey, crime legislation. What was the other piece that we were talking about that we want to maybe get in and and well, there's the um, red flag. Yeah, the red flag well, laws. Nothing has been filed yet. I th- not on the red flag laws. We hadn't heard a peep about yeah, red two flag years laws. Ago, yeah, two Will years Bond ago, Will Bond was a big deal. I forget who was uh, the gentleman from up there in Northwest. Uh, oh, Greg Letting. Greg Letting. Yeah, Letting and and uh, was he coming yeah. back this session? I think he does. If he's a senator, yeah, he would because that was his first se- first session last yeah. time around. Have so to look and years, see what yeah. Will Bond was on that. Now Will's not there anymore. Yeah, who took his place? Do we know? Uh, Tucker. Oh, really? Wow, that'll Clark be interesting Tucker to have him back race. in that back yeah. in the um, legislature. He'll be back. 
He's It'll a nice man. guy. I mean, for, yeah, but for, for he a needs to get another job. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> run. He's run for everything you can run for. Yeah. Basically, I guess he didn't run for governor. Not yet, because huh? he supposedly, you know, he's he's one of the A team members of, of the, the Democratic Party, hmm. and uh, the only place that he can win at is a hard blue area. That's the only hmm. place that he wins at because he got trounced by. Uh, congressman hill a couple of years ago and then everybody thought that this joyce elliott race yeah, was going to be close and it was not even either. close yeah turned out points. it was bad what, 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 what was their ending numbers was he it, won by 10 points, 10 points. Was yeah. it four, about 45 to 55 yeah, that's not even like close that. that really isn't terribly close considering i think that's about what herb rule got when he was running against um tim griffin back for that same seat and her rule for crying out loud got, from my understanding he got arrested drunk driving during the race yeah i mean that's that's insane yeah but then then, but the thing is though i think um joyce elliott is is so radical that um there's just too many arkansans that but you you watch the the ads that she ran during the race and i like joyce don't get me wrong i like joyce nice lady don't like her politics but like her personally right, yeah, she's a good nice neighbor. Person. i can be i can be friends with her it doesn't mean that i have i might, agree yeah, with her i politics. might trust her with the key to my house but yeah. I, I don't really like her politics yeah so the bottom line Generally. you know bottom line is that uh, you know she's coming back and if you know anything that she's been behind in the legislature it's been anything but moderate yeah, big government socialism yeah it is big government it is that's that's and, the motto. And there's a few things that, that I think we would like what she has. I think she would probably be in agreement with us on, on things like freedom of information and, um, let's see, probably Fourth Amendment type issues. I think yeah, she, would, she be would She, of course, more would friendly. be with us about uh, incarceration. I think that the uh, some things need to be looked at mm-hmm. concerning that. I mean, even the president wanted to take a look right. at that and made some changes on that and, yeah, and the, rightly so one of the bills that she had during the last session was dealing with some of these um drug offense um well the, the main sentencing. one was back in the 90s they were hard on cocaine mm-hmm. crack cocaine not powder cocaine powder cocaine is what the rich people were using mm. crack is what the poor people were using and disproportionately, they were putting black people in, in prison. Really and if you showed time. up in front of the judge and you were white and it was powder, you, you got a, a slap on the wrist. And... Many times. All right. It, it, let's just put it like this. It was a lot easier for those people than it was for the crack people because it was crack cocaine was the scourge of the cities at that time. It was being sold on every street corner. Well, we'll talk about that and a lot more when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We definitely will talk and start off with hate crime legislation. There's some information that R.D. was at the uh, party meeting this weekend. He'll bring up that information for us when we come back.
All right, let's move into the 7 o'clock hour. A couple of interesting things we want to talk about here with you. Uh, There was a question that came up during the break, and the question was, if the vice president has to take over the presidency, whether it's death or malfeasance or whatever that the president leaves, whether it's a Nixon thing or it's an assassination like it was with Kennedy and Johnson had to take over and Ford took over. and yeah, or, or maybe like with Joe Biden, maybe dementia or... Yeah, whatever. And that's a question because there's been two stories come out this weekend. Uh, the first one being that Biden brought it up himself in a dual uh, press conference with Harris and said something about Harris being president before he served four years and i think i i did not get to see the video of it i believe that biden was trying to make a joke and it just wasn't and it didn't go over because it's been questioned so much that uh, people their ears went up when he brought it up the second uh uh, being that uh what happens in this case, if Harris does take over the presidency, because she's first in line, if the president either dies or cannot, you know, continue out his term. So I started searching it out, and it's in the 25th Amendment. Let me read it to you. Uh, whenever there is a vacancy in the office of the vice president, The president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon, and then it gets interesting, confirmation by a majority vote of both the House and the Senate, both houses of the Congress. So if Harris ascends to the presidency, that effectively leaves the vice presidency vacant. She would make, since she's now president, would say who should be the vice president. She nominates somebody. And yeah, then the, and then once they're nominated, then it's House, up Congress. Yeah, House and Senate have to have to approve. Well, and the they, Senate would have to approve as well as the right, House. The House and Senate would have to. And so that if the Senate stays in Republican hands, then that would... Keep some radical like Pelosi you, you, from going in, probably. I wonder what happens if there's gridlock. That's a good question. That's where the 25th Amendment ended. <laughs> and that's where I think that at that point, I think that we that's where the Supreme Court would have to get involved. Yeah. They would have to get involved with there. The vice president takes the same oath of office as members of Congress. So here's a, a, a thing I got for you. When was the law put into effect that the Speaker of the House was the third in line of secession? I do not know. Was that the 25th Amendment also? No, no not in the 25th. No, that is law by, was made a law back in 1947. It was actually a law passed by Congress. It's huh? not been a long time either. Huh. 1947. Uh, you've got, um, it says here, it says, um, when Lyndon B. Johnson became president after the assassination of John Kennedy, the position of vice president remained vacant for the remainder of his term. Had Johnson left office during that time, House Speaker John McCormick of Massachusetts 
would have been next in line to take his place as president. After Johnson won the 64 election, his running mate, Hubert Humphrey, became vice president a few years later in February 67. In 67, the 25th Amendment was ratified. 67. That's not long. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. That was a brand new amendment to the Constitution ratified in 67. The amendment has been invoked twice. In 73, Vice President Agnew stepped down and was convicted of corruption charges after pleading no contest. President Nixon then appointed House Republican leader Gerald Ford as uh, vice president. When Nixon resigned and Ford became president, Ford named former New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller as his vice president. So, you know, those vice presidential names, they they go back in history and kind of just turn into smoke. I don't even, I, I did not even remember that it was uh, Nelson Rockefeller who was VP under, under Ford. I, did, I forgot about that. I didn't even think about it. Uh, and uh, so he got the okay from both the, the Senate and uh, the Congress. Uh, you know, Spiro Agnew, when he left, and that's when Gerald Ford went in as vice president. So I think I found that quote you were talking about from Joe Biden talking about he might have to resign. Yeah, read that. So it looks like here it's on the Daily Mail. Like I told Barack, if I reach something where there's a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. There you go. That's what he said. um, (laughs) That's from Biden's lips to your ears, okay? um, A little bit. um, Is he he talking about maybe he's trying to avoid – Suicide? I don't know. I, I, I just <laughs> think, step down to be I mean, and killed or something. You know, as I, I listen to of. that, as I, I listen, and, as I listen to that, I think he's trying to make a joke. But the problem was it, it because just, that's been brought up so much during the campaign, it doesn't come off as a funny. joke. Yeah. People take that one serious. It's, it would be one thing if he was if he was sharp and and with it, but he's, there's so much evidence. It seems like that he's. Um, on the edge. Yeah, we don't know. That That's yeah. the key. The doctors have said he passes all the physicals and everything. That That's, mm-hmm. you know, they say he's a health a healthy person. Uh, you make up your mind about it. My mind is that he's not as healthy as they're trying to say that he is. There's some problems there. Yeah. All right, we got to get a break in right now. We'll go ahead and get a break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to pick up a resolution opposed to hate crime legislation in Arkansas, and this was brought up over the weekend during the state uh, Arkansas convention. So we'll, we're going to talk about that, or meeting that occurred. So we'll talk about that. And R.D. was there, and he will tell us what he was seeing there and what he was hearing when he was there. So uh, so you'll know. Okay, we'll do, we'll do that for you. Uh, don't forget about P.I. Roofing. Because uh, PI Roofing takes good care of your roof. I've mentioned this to you countless times now that it they they do major things for you as far as um, that goes. So you need to make sure uh, that you give PI Roofing a call and make sure your roof is in good shape. I mean, we're getting below freezing now uh, most nights. That means that it's going to not be too long that. It's going to be freezing all day long, 
and sooner or later we'll get some precipitation whether it be ice whether it be rain and then it freezes uh whether it be snow that can cause problems on your roof if you get ice dams and things of that nature because then the water builds up behind the ice dams and they attack the fascia and things of that nature so you want to make sure that that's not going to happen to you during the winter time just give a call to pi roofing 707-3551 707-3551 they'll set up an appointment for them to come out they'll follow all the covid19 protocols they won't put you at risk. They won't put their workers at risk, and everything will get taken done, uh, taken uh, care of just the way it's supposed to be done so that um, you can get the job done. I mean, Elizabeth, who will be back tomorrow here on the, the Tuesday edition of the show, uh, she can talk about how good PI roofing was. She was incredibly uh, happy with them. and uh, But they want everybody to stay healthy, so they're following all the COVID-19 uh, protocols again the phone number is 707 3551 or visit them online at uh, piroofing.com all right so over the weekend the gop here in arkansas got together 200 and how many people showed up Harvey? 206 was the right. official was the official quorum count that i heard during the meeting was 206 people okay so 206 people they there was a group of people that uh, brought forth a resolution opposed to hate crime legislation in arkansas correct and uh, so they were trying to get this resolution adopted and they needed what a 90 percent vote of yes, the it people takes there? a 90 percent vote to put something on the agenda that wasn't sent out 10 days before the meeting okay so they just wanted to talk about it during the meeting this doesn't well no they wanted to pass though they wanted the resolution, the resolution to come to a vote they wanted to they, want they wanted to, vote it to be it. voted on to be accepted and and for it to be voted on it would take 90 percent since it wasn't mailed out 10 days before the meeting okay so how many elected officials state uh legislators representatives or uh, state senators were there would you say a bunch i saw 15 or 20 i could probably name eight or ten of them but i saw 15 or 20 there there were a lot of elected officials that were sitting all around me uh cameron cooper was there uh, uh doug house was there you know the governor was there ricky hill was there bunch of them okay. dan sullivan dan sullivan was definitely there talk to dan yeah okay i'm trying to think uh you can imagine where he is on hate crime oh i know he's been on my show many a time we've talked about it specifically and he's against it i'm against it jerry cox is against it from the family uh, life council and a lot of people are against this piece of legislation it is not going to be a light lift to get it passed it's going to be a really heavy lift and, uh, you know, I would like to figure out what the governor is saying to people that he brings into his office trying to, quote, secure their vote. Well, yeah, there's yeah, there's thousands of different ways to do that. That was kind of like when they were trying to pass the, uh, the Arkansas Obamacare bill, you know, is uh, 
Uh, it didn't pass today, but we have the means to make sure that it will pass, and we're not going to stop right. voting on it till it passes. Right. In the I future. think this is just one of those things that it's it's a, it's a principal issue, and I think I think what they're proposing is a twenty percent increased penalty if you if your intentions are kind of a okay so if if you get the death penalty how do you increase uh, well, it by 20 percent? i know i mean 120 percent death i mean what, what or you is, get life in prison without parole uh, parole how much longer can you they, give they keep your corpse in prison another uh, i don't know 20 percent of the time who knows i, mean, I, mean, I have it's, no it's, idea of what they're trying it's, to it's do it's kind of bizarre but at the end of the day it, it's i think it's it's kind of fundamentally flawed because it's um, well, of course it's, it's law. It's, 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 it goes it's, against it's every, of, every logical way of thinking about it's, it. It's not treating people equal, I think, is part of the main issue. Well, is, what you're saying, if you, I think if you vote for this, not the resolution opposing it, but you're voting for it, you're saying out loud that the judicial system in the United States is false. It, it, that justice has her, her you know, blindfold up so up. she can look and, and the thing it's is divisive that, it, it gets into areas to where you're spending time trying to do divisive things as far as certain groups of people and everything i mean if and you're if you're instead of fair and equal justice that, that's the key all of our laws are supposed to be used across the spectrum uh no matter if you're black white yellow or whatever color you happen to be right when you say that we need a piece of legislation about hate crime, you're saying that it's not that way. Well, if it's not that way, hate crime legislation doesn't change it. You got to change the whole your whole thought process about criminal law. That's the problem. Well, and, and so so what is the difference? So let's say somebody goes and beats up Artie Hopper, and and it, does it make a difference if they beat him up? Because he's a business owner, or they beat him up because he's white. Does it really make a difference? So I can do a background there. check to see how much Indian ancestry I have, and if I have a certain right. amount of Indian ancestry, I might could do some research to see if this and, and guy doesn't like Indians for some reason. Yeah. And then we could we could make it worse. But the whole thought process needs to day, be: is we're all Americans, we all deserve equal justice as under American, the law, right. under the law, right. and under the Constitution. And, and, and was it malicious or was it an accident? I think that's kind of where it needs to fall and not waiting. Well, crime. we've got that written into the law it already. Is. And that's that's the nature of crime in many cases already is the difference between murder and and, um, and a, an accidental killing is that, well, you know, if, if we have a car accident and, and it's yeah, totally we're talking an accident manslaughter versus. I actually try to run Artie Hopper over with my car. That's murder. And so there's there's your intent right there. And. And why do we need to have an, an extra tier of of of? Um, it's very yeah. It's very much some symbolic gesture. Yeah, I think that. But, but you can't outlaw. You can't get rid of hate by outlawing hate. The and the bad thing about it is, it's you can change the definitions later once you get a law on the books. And there's been it laws. Be I think the amended. first hate crime law. Law passed, and if you look back in, in the late '60s by Lyndon Johnson and, and a bunch of the the Democrats, was very much a symbolic uh, political gesture, and uh, it says there that that even uh, speaking or hate speech can be involved in that. So uh, 
you can uh, start with putting in your definition of what hate speech is and and where uh, and who that is applied to exactly right so it opens up a can of worms that uh, you can change the definitions later and then it could be used against our, our first amendment right of freedom of speech okay so uh, what was your feeling i mean you said it, it needed 85 percent or, to, or 90. 90% to push forth this resolution. They only got 85%. You said the governor was there. How did he speak out for it? Well, he didn't speak for it or against it. Uh, whenever it was a very close vote to get 90%. Well, first, we tried to do a verbal vote, then everybody. Uh, stand up it looked like the whole room stood up but you could look around and see a few people on the edges that didn't stand up so uh we actually had to go around and count every person and a person sat down after they say a number which went in the last number i heard first for voting for voting on that that day was 166 i could be corrected from the official count to get 90 uh, what did they uh, need they, uh well uh, with 206 people there. Almost uh, 180. 183. Yeah, right, right, exactly. That's exactly was the, what the count was. We needed 180, and I believe it come to 166 was the last number person that I heard so sit down 14, and say a number. Well, sure. So it was close. So we had 85% by the way I did the math, 85% instead of 90%. Uh, Dual Web could call in to correct me if I'm a percent or two wrong. But close to that. But I'm real close because it was 85%. So then uh, Alan Clark did make the motion that we suspend the rules. And then, but, you know, that takes a 90 percent count to suspend (laughs) the the rules. Was it the same again? Uh, So uh, they asked everybody to stand up that was against suspending the rules. And I believe there was around 25 people stood up Mm -hmm. and 25 people against suspending the rules was enough enough to kill it to stop it it. and uh, the governor did stand up to suspend uh, not to suspend the rules so he did vote not to vote on it that day but it was clear by the voice vote that it was close to 90 percent and the governor wants and hendren wants who has put most of this together is that a resolution is sitting out there opposing it uh, by a 90 percent majority of the republican party well 85 percent of the state committee people in that room today uh saturday were for voting on that that day that sounds like a mandate we got to take a break we'll come back we'll talk more about this we got rush coming up After Rush, we'll speak about this because it's an important uh, position that we need to discuss. So just to let you know, sometimes when we're off the air, some of the things we talk about. uh, (laughs) Spider webs out. I'm getting up, leaving the studio for a moment, and I hear uh, uh, R.D. say, what is that movie that they use pink paint to paint the submarine? And I said, I know it had Cary Grant in it. And I said, and then I came back and I said, and, and Tony Curtis was in it. And it was Operation Petticoat from That's 1959. A great movie. 
When did Hilarious. you see that? Did you watch it just recently? I, no, no. no. Uh, Paul was talking about mixing up some old paint and painting his driveway. <laughs> that's, how and they, I said, that's how they ended up painting the, the, the sub pink. So yeah. I said, you might be careful, depending on what color you come up with, after you get it mixed together, uh, what you do, because uh, that was an awesome movie. It brought back the memory of that movie, whenever you talk about mixing it up. It is a good movie. Yeah. Who was the female in that? I don't remember. You know, it's probably been right. 30 you know years I, since I've seen Everybody it. knows what I do when that happens. I go to IMDb and I got to have the answer or yeah. I, I, my mind to be wandering during the time that I'm doing all of this. Yeah. So let's see what we got here. Yeah. Operation Petticoat. Yeah, Dave's the movie expert around Yeah, they here. didn't. They didn't. Well, they didn't pick a, a homely girl to do the part. No, it was not. And I can, you know, I can see her face, but I cannot. I cannot in my mind come up with the name, and it was it was a, a Joan O'Brien and Diana Morrell was in it, and she was really good in that movie. It was uh, it's a good movie. It's got a great cast. Dick Sargent is a, that might uh, be a good one sometime to put to, yeah, to do on the movie, movie th- yeah. classic movie. I'd love to see it again. The Love Boat Captain is in it. Gavin McLeod, yeah, <laughs> he was in it as as well. But that's uh, yeah. Marion Ross. She was in it from uh, Happy Days later right. on. She was Lieutenant Colfax R.N. <laughs> anyway, pretty. That's uh, interesting. I love those old movies. During World War II, a commander finds himself stuck with a decrepit and pink submarine, <laughs> con man, executive officer, and a group of Army nurses. I'll let you guess who the... Uh, <laughs> The con man executive officer is. I did tell you that Tony Curtis was in this movie, right? Okay, so just so you know. But, yeah. Last night, I I caught the end of Seven Year Itch. And uh, Billy Wilder, of course, directed that movie. And he said, because of the history of her depression... That Marilyn Monroe was very tough to work with. Hmm. She showed up late to the set. She didn't know her lines a lot of times. And he said that he would never work with her again. He did four years later. Okay. Uh, they did Some Like It Hot. And yeah, uh, she was, did, she was great in that movie. And he said he, he always wanted to use her, but she was just so unreliable because he said when she was on, she was great. She's just great person to to do to do their uh, his kind of comedy, and there was no one better. But uh, he just had a lot of problems with her. Uh, speaking about a lot of problems, getting the right jewelry for that right someone, you want to get that from Hillcrest Designer Jewelry over at three thousand Cavanaugh. Had uh, had the owner on Eric Coleman last week. Gave you a lot of great information that you needed to know about. You know, diamonds, like how you can get ripped off because the Chinese are making synthetic diamonds and passing them off as real. And you go, but it looks so good. Well, yeah, it looks so good, but it's not going up in value like regular, like a real diamond does. You know, one that God made with applying the forces of nature against, uh, you know, coal or something like that. It's pretty neat what what they're doing, but but yeah, they're... It's kind of like counterfeiting, I guess. Well, yeah, it is because now they're putting numbers inside of them as well that 
they're only supposed to put on ones that are made in under yeah and so that's that's kind of your counterfeiting aspect is your your then they're charging you the same the, amount of price the that you would pay for a natural stone so just keep that in mind eric can help you out uh you know, stop by and visit with him. 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard uh, is where you just need to go. That's Eric Coleman, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, with that said, here's the uh, the resolution that was uh, being proposed to oppose the uh, hate crime legislation in Arkansas. And I'm going to read this, and it's, it's a f- full page. Now, when they take a full page to, ru- to write something like this, they're trying to make sure they are crossing every T and dotting every I that the they think that the piece of legislation that they're opposing may be pushing forward. So let, let's start at the end. It says, whereas the Republican Party was founded in 1854 by a group of people who were united in their desire to abolish slavery and... Uh, and I'm not going to say all the whereas's. The Republican Party abolished slavery in 1865, passed the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution in 1866, passed the 19th Amendment in 1919, guaranteeing women the right to vote, granted Native American citizenship in 1924, and integrated the Little Rock School District and passed the Civil Rights Act in 1957. And we're the party of racism. And the Republican Party has been the only party fighting hate crimes throughout the history of our country. And in addition to these achievements, the Republican Party has also fought for the adherence to impartial justice and equality. And that's what we were talking about uh, earlier, R.D., all of which is shared by the Arkansas Republican Party. And our nation currently is seen partiality, intemperate behavior, and violence stemming from situations unwittingly or deliberately presented as unjust. Against such a background, legislation is to be considered by the Arkansas legislature to enact a hate crime bill. And it's not called a hate crime bill, I don't think. but Enhanced penalties yeah, or something like put, that. To put, put around the, the quotes around hate crime. Such a bill proposes to increase criminal penalties due to perceived intents of perpetrators, intents stemming from characteristics of victims, which can be based upon what is increasingly being known as identity politics. Arkansas federal laws already contain provisions for aggravating and mitigating circumstances based upon empirical evaluation of criminal activities. For instance, let's just use uh, uh, our man's uh, idea here. Let me go back to what uh, Paul had to say. He said, if he tried to run over R.D., uh, and he made up in his mind that he was going to do that, but... There's also the possibility that that's not what he did. All right, could have been he made a right hand turn and R.D. just walked off the curb and and Paul hit him. Now that's that's going to be looked at differently. Yeah, there's two different two different yeah. scenarios there. One yeah. is one was criminal intent and the other was an accident. That's correct. And uh, what this does, it gets 
in the minutia that doesn't need to be it takes gotten it a, into. It takes it another step into into deciding whether or not I, I tried to run over R.D. because of his, his race or maybe because of his religion or something of that nature. And whereas I, I think we're all agreed here that or the, maybe the, he didn't like the code he's got, his right, shirt he's right. got on, but, like but I he think, says, I, think, I, I, I love right. Trump or something. So I think all of us here agree that the only question should be whether or not it was malicious. In other words, whether I did it on purpose or whether it was an accident. If it was on purpose, then it's a, a serious crime and I need to be punished because it was done on purpose. But taking it at the next level and saying, well, it was malicious and it was racist. Okay, or, so I, and want, it was, I want you to listen now as the rest of this comes out because that's exactly what it deals with. We're talking about we've already made provisions for aggravating and mitigating circumstances based upon empirical evaluation of uh, the criminal activities. Those provisions include divisions between misdemeanors and felonies, recognition of varied degrees of offense. Prosecutors in the courts are permitted further discretions and application of such laws. Such divisions and, and discretions against the backdrop of dispassionate legislation allow for careful application of justice designed to be separate from the emotions and transient thoughts. Hate crime legislation is largely symbolic and provides no deterrent to criminal activity. Provisions to minutely examine intents of criminal de- uh, defendants can ultimately expand into this criminalization of beliefs or so-called thought crimes. Such expansion can also have a chilling effect on legitimate First Amendment freedoms of speech, assembly, and religious practice and belief. Such expansion can also open the door to criminalization of other legitimate social behaviors considered by some to be politically incorrect, behaviors which in some cases are already being sanctioned by job and other income losses and uh, by social harassment. Now, therefore, given our concerns listed above, be it resolved by the Arkansas Republican Party that we request the Arkansas legislation to affirm its adherence to dispassionate justice by rejecting any hate crime legislation for our state. Okay, so I go right along with this, uh, where it says the Arkansas legislation to affirm its adherence to dispassionate justice and then rejecting any hate crime legislation, which gets into the passion of the situation uh, as far as that's concerned. So with that in mind... This was put up in front of the Arkansas GOP this weekend. They needed a 90% vote to vote on this piece of legislation to be backed by the Arkansas Republican Party. They got 85%. That's pretty strong. I'd say that if you won a, an election or you ran a, a you know, a, 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 what, a, a constitutional you know, uh, amendment mm-hmm. for the people to vote for. That's if it strong. lost by eighty five percent, I think you would say mm. it lost significantly. Right. You you might think about applying your resources somewhere else next time around. My question is, who do we vote on people to represent? Everybody. When we vote on somebody to represent everyone. So well, and, and uh, I, I when want you them go to do what against. Uh, a group of people that 
help knocked on doors for you a group of people that donated money to campaigns if you go against 85 percent of of your main key supporters some of the main ones of the party i would say the people that show up to these meetings and take days off when there's other things to do to try to support Mm -hmm. smaller government i don't know about you rd but my sources are telling me that well over 70 percent of Republicans are against this legislation, but the governor and Senator Hendren seem bound and determined to try to pass this in the legislative session. It would seem to me if if they lose, which I believe they will, uh, you know, you sitting there looking, you got a lot of egg on your face then. I guess I wonder... What is their motivation here? I mean, is it well? Black? We'll talk about. I'm glad you asked that. I'm, you know, where's the money? That's that's <laughs> what I always say. Isn't follow the money? We'll come back and talk about that because that is, as far as I'm concerned, I think as far as RD is concerned, is the part that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But a representative talked to him about it. At that there's, meeting. There's something there. And we'll talk about it. You know, you want to retire in the next five years? The answer for me is yes. <laughs> uh, if you overlook or underestimate one little thing, it could totally derail your retirement. Uh, learn how you can avoid that in a free guide, the ultimate retirement planning checklist. It's from David Lucas Financial and Little Rock. This comprehensive 31-point checklist could be the single most important tool this could, in, you know, make sure that uh, you're covered on all your bases. You want to do that. Don't make any mistakes on retirement. You don't want to. It can cost you tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, especially when you talk about tax, taxes. To get your free retirement planning checklist, be one of the first 10 callers now at 501 This free checklist is the result of decades of financial planning experience from working with thousands of families. I mean, David Lucas has worked with a lot of people. He's worked with people outside his specific business who've worked with thousands of people as well. And uh, to get your free secured retirement planning checklist, again, all you got to do is call 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. So why are they trying to get this hate crime done? Why are they doing it? We'll give you some ideas when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so we're going to give you some skinny here. All right, RD was at the meeting over the weekend. We will not tell you the politicians who said this. All right. Won't do that. In fact, don't need to because a couple of them are leaving office as as they were talking to him. But they said that if they didn't pass hate crimes legislation, there might be some businesses that didn't come to Arkansas. Is that right? That's exactly what they told me. And so whenever you're looking at a freedom issue of this or a justice issue uh, to go right to uh, – commerce and if it will bring businesses to the state as an answer to a justice or a freedom issue to me is the wrong perspective but i believe that's exactly probably what they were told uh, by the governor because uh the people that are 
on the inside. He's somebody definitely on the inside. He's a sitting house member, but that was his first response at some uh, well, uh, some that, businesses wouldn't come to Arkansas well, if we didn't. Why they had so much problem with the Rifra? Well, and, and because there was a big there, business that starts with W in the state of Arkansas that definitely wanted not to hear, have the Rifra passed the way it was written by uh, Ballinger. And that's and that's dangerous because I I, I don't I, I don't think we should be catering to to um, kind of left wing socialist type organizations and. Um, just because, well, they're going to bring business to the state. Do we want that kind of business in the state of Arkansas? Do we want those kind of organizations manipulating and lobbying our politicians? Yeah. How about Chinese businesses? Yeah. I mean, how do, much do money have, and how much catering have we done to them? So yeah. I, I, when it comes to a freedom... How much catering have they done to us? To, uh, yeah. So whenever whenever it comes to a freedom issue or when it comes to a justice issue, I don't think commerce is the first thing to consider. Arkansans are hard-working, you know, well, people that love their freedom, and they're not willing to sell them out for anyone, well, in my opinion. And that's the thing, is that, that do we want the state of Arkansas actively recruiting business that will compete with other local businesses? And, and because the fact is that, you know, yeah, the economic stimulus is kind of cool, but I don't want government doing it. That's, well, it's not their job yeah, but, to inject new business into the state of Arkansas. If they want to come, fine. And the Arkansas, we'll Arkansas create should, a climate. Should, should be create a climate of justice. Exactly. Don't create a taxation, fair taxation, don't, don't low taxes and justice. Is, is business friendly or individual friendly? Create a climate that is just justice, that is, that is just and upright. And, and then let people do what's right and make their own decisions based on, on what market. they value. But, <laughs> but allow people to be free. And and don't give special advantages to to certain organizations or industries. And for crying out loud, don't pass a bunch of stupid laws just because it'll recruit some communist or, or left wing organization type industry. And, and, and I don't want those people here anyway. I mean, if, if that's the kind of stuff that's keeping them from coming to Arkansas, can we pass some more laws to keep those people out? I think that would be the sentiment of many Arkansans <laughs> right mean, there. I mean, just like, just like right. we hear the jokes about, well, people are leaving California because the government's so crazy out there, and then they want to pass laws here. Yeah, when they get to wherever they're going, yeah, then and they, they want to change everything. Ask Austin, Texas, about that. When I said fair and equal justice is, is what's in order, and he said, well, there are 49 states that disagree with you. Doesn't mean that they're right. Yeah. That's so, the key. So, Doesn't so mean maybe, we're, we're, maybe we are right. If 49 right. people are jumping off break. the cliff. Get a break. Hold your thoughts. Listen in at 6 o'clock. We'll have more on, on the Dave Ellswick Show. Welcome to the 6 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show here at 1011 FM, uh, The Answer. We spent a, a good portion of the 7 o'clock hour this morning talking about the resolution that was opposed to the hate crime legislation in Arkansas being uh, tried to be passed at the Arkansas GOP meeting that went down on Saturday. 
they needed 90% of the people who were in attendance to vote for this resolution to be heard. In other words, have it read, and then they would have voted on it. Uh, they only got 85%. Now, I, I'm thinking that why would you, if you in good conscience thinks it, it you know, it, either it's a good or a bad part, you know, piece of uh, of legislation, the hate crimes legislation. Why would you not want to, uh, you know, vote on something that opposes it? It seems to me you'd want to know where the people stand on it. You'd think it's a, it's a good way to kind of to free poll, sort of. And it would seem like it to me. But, but they but, did. It's very obvious that the people who are promoting this, and it, it's written basically by. Uh, Hendren, Senator Hendren in Northwest uh, Arkansas, and uh, I think signed by most of the Democrats already. I don't know how many Republicans have signed on to this. I haven't looked lately. It wasn't a lot before. I think it'd be, you know, not a lot now. I just think, I think the governor's going to set himself up to get beat on this one. Well, we're going to see the governor haven't has not been beat on many things since he's been in office. But we're going to find out the difference, what the difference is between a lame duck yeah. governor and one that, that is that is going to be ready to help other people get elected or run people against other people if they don't support his agenda. And I think I think one difference this legislative session is I think he's ticked some people off with what he's done with COVID nineteen and basically set himself up as King Asa. So I think I think there are some legislators this this time around that are that are not going to be as um, inclined to um, just kind of be lapdogs for the governor and just just comply with his wishes because I think there are some legislators right now that are that are kind of ticked off that he has basically well they were ticked off before but and, and you now, know the governor was coming back for another term and he could have given you all kinds of problems he's pushing but he's 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 kind of pushing the legislature to the side and and just ruling as a as a dictator during these so-called states of emergency and he keeps keeps on renewing this state of emergency situation and and giving himself the power to to kind of be a dictator well the thing about it is the power of the governor and the speaker of the house through years of democratic control i believe is one-sided so i do not do not believe we have uh equal and balanced branches in the state of arkansas a lot of legislators who would agree with you on so uh so it's time you know uh, i talked to someone before we turned arkansas red as a republican they said the first thing you do is turn arkansas red and then you turn it conservative red (laughs) so they said there's step one and step two and this was another state that had already had done it so uh so hopefully what we're seeing is is a, a more conservative group coming in for this session and, and a group we started that re- to see that yes i think we are there's more there were more conservative ben gilmore was elected uh to the senate he's much more conservative than the democrat that they he replaced is, well <laughs> uh, replaced and there there's others down in the south where we had not been able to make inroads that we have made inroads with uh, now and then we have uh, you know dan sullivan moving from the house to the senate and uh, i think it's just going to be a heavier haul 
uh, for the governor than it has been in the past. It it would be nice to see some of these Republicans start pushing some more aggressive legislation. And, 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 you know, let's let's push small. What did I I tell you, uh, Paul, a couple years back? I made the statement that do not expect to see huge moves for real conservatism, that there was going to be a, a time where, since Republicans were taking over, I think it's not the smartest move, but it was what the majority thought to be slower mm-hmm. on moving the conservative thought process forward because Democrats have been in charge for so long they didn't want to scare people. Well, now Asa's had eight years, almost. I mean, he's had six. Going to have six, and uh, I I believe that we're we're getting past that point. I mean, you just look at the people that we know are going to run for governor uh, in the Republican primary: Griffin, Rutledge. Both of them are much more conservative than some have been in the past. Griffin, I will tell you, definitely more conservative than others and more 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 conservative than what the governor is. And if Sanders gets involved in it, I'm not sure how she really believes. To be honest with you, all she's done is worked for the, uh, the president of the United States. She has never held an elective office. I don't know where her point is on or stance on mm-hmm. issues. If she decides to run, that's going to be brought up that's that she really hasn't done her time in arkansas i'm not i'm not against her running or no or, i want her to run uh, to be honest i mean that's you know you have to do your time where people know seeing you in their communities they know who you are they know where you stand and uh and uh uh we know where Leslie Rutledge stands on hate crimes. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, back she, the, she's the backs, governor. She backs the governor on hate crimes, and I'd like to hear Tim Griffin come out on hate crimes and red flag laws. I'd like to hear yeah, from Tim. We'll but, talk about red flag here in a moment. But uh, so, uh, but I, I believe that uh, Tim would be against hate crime laws, but I can't speak for him. I can't speak for him, but I'd like to hear his position on it. But uh, I heard the position of uh, – of 85% of state committee people in uh, 85% of them Saturday said they are against hate crime laws. Well, they said and, at least that they wanted they to vote on. on the resolution opposed to hate exactly. crime. They wanted to, to vote on it. And, uh, and uh, the motion was put forward that this be added to the agenda of the next meeting. So the next <laughs> meeting will be in the summer. And uh, that that resolution there was voted to be put on the agenda for the meeting coming up this summer. So hopefully, well, hopefully uh, we can hold the legis- yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, but at least whoever did this got the representatives in the, in the senators at the meeting Saturday, got to hear of a loud voice. Right. Well, sounds well, like, <laughs> sounds like somewhat of a, a resounding, um, no. Right. Exactly. Um, Our freedom's not idea. for sale. Well, and, and it's and it's this is not just kind of a, a, a simple freedom issue. This is kind of a somewhat in the minutia of some of the laws, but it's it's one of those things that we're going to make some people more equal than others, which is kind of a, a pretty serious issue. But it's a freedom issue. I mean, it, it Jerry is, I Cox was on with me. We talked it's about a this justice I, issue. I've talked with others, and uh, here's the key: 
we don't know what's going to happen if this passes and the stuff starts getting in front of judges who are going to make decisions uh, that are going to change the whole philosophical viewpoint of the law in the state of Arkansas. That's why I'm worried about it as far as, you know, how this will uh, deal with uh, First Amendment freedoms of speech, assembly, and religious practice and belief. I'm very worried about that because there's already a, a an attack on the First Amendment going on in America right, I, and even here in Arkansas. I think there are people out there right now, probably the legislators, that would like to make it illegal for for people to to say certain things that are offensive. I mean, even last legislative session, there was a piece of legislation that actually passed that that made it a crime to encourage someone to commit suicide. Now that sounds kind of weird, but th- the fact is that what what if somebody wanted to an, encourage a, an abortion doctor or something of that nature to go out and commit suicide? It basically, uh, not necessarily a real serious thing, but he, he just just saying, look, you should you should stop killing babies. And but why should it be a crime? And it's one of those things that that um, what are we telling people? What are we going to make into laws? Yes, there are things that are extremely offensive. Encouraging someone to commit suicide is an extremely offensive thing to say. But the the thing is that that um, there are a lot of offensive things that should not be illegal. It's just they're offensive. Yes, we may all agree that they're offensive, but they should not be a crime. Well, it's, it's all in the definitions. In the That's fiscal, it. it. It's in the definitions. And you can pass any bill. That's exactly and right. The judges you can, can pass stretch those any definitions. bill. And there's, there's a good friend of mine that I've worked on the Government Affairs Committee with Auto Recyclers Association. He said, you can pass any bill you want. Just give me the definitions after you're done. And I'll take the definitions and make that bill mean anything I want it to mean. So becomes, you pass this. It becomes semantics at that time. Exactly right. Right. Just ask Bill Clinton. So you pass this hate hate crime bill, right. and you put it on the books, and then you get a liberal Democratic governor in place with a House and a Senate that's controlled by the Democrats, and all they have to do is put their definition of what a hate crime bill is. Or the judges, and like Dave says, judges very Can much change. change the intent of a bill on the bench at many times well, and, i mean and so many, roberts yeah and so many cases we, we've got the 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 judicial branch is is uh, their attorneys and from what i understand attorneys are overwhelmingly left-leaning and so it's it's a it's a dangerous thing to to put such a left-leaning organization if you will in in the power in the position where they can they can kind of fudge on the laws just a little bit or maybe a lot and change definitions like you said why can't we yeah and why can't we say arkansas is the only state in the country that believes in fair and equal justice, justice for everyone and, in the state and yeah why don't we talk about the the positive of why we stand where we stand instead of trying to make it a negative right yeah and this is this is because we believe in equality look whether you're black blue green or orange we believe that a, a crime against you should be just as 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 as, as dangerous or, or or criminal as a crime against someone else of a different color or a different religion or a different uh, whatever it may be. And so that that's an equality issue. Is we don't want to to set up some people as more equal than others. A protected species. It makes me think about going in the woods as a as a young 
man. And you, of course, my mother said, you know, if you shoot anything, you're going to have to eat it. But if you go in the woods and you say, well, is there a law against shooting this bird? Is there a law against shooting that bird? Well, mm-hmm. if you shoot a woodpecker, you do. What about this? It's not fair and equal justice mm-hmm. in the wilderness. There's protected species, which is a problem. And, so, uh, so if you get into deciding who is a protected, who's protected the mm-hmm. most, and who's protected the least, and right. who. Uh, right. it's, it's just a, it's, a a, it's, it's not it's, the right attitude. It's not equal protection. Like that's part of the Fourteenth Amendment is, is equal protection under the law. And the fact is that this flies in the face of the Fourteenth Amendment. I, I believe. believe it does. And so it's it's a, I think it's a principal issue. It's it's not a real big deal because it's twenty percent. But at the end of the day, it is a principal issue, I believe. And I tell you what, I think it's an issue that goes on the national scene. So if you were coming from a state and running for a national position and you were coming from the only state that didn't have a hate crime law, that might be something that come up in a debate or something that used against you. So So I think the issue may have other implications besides I think Justice. you may be right. I think you may be right. I think it maybe he's looking. Maybe the governor and some maybe some others are looking for um, 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 I don't know a, a badge to hang on their on their on their coats. Um, whether or not they pass it, it's it. Well, I tried. Well, I think there's a lot of badges on that coat, but anyway, we need to make sure that the things in Arkansas are done for the people of Arkansas. That's the, who they're elected well, to represent. I think right the reason. only reason somebody on the Republican side of the ticket would be for this is lets them say, well, see, I was for that. Mm -hmm. And thinking they're going to get a couple of more votes. That's the only thing that I see a Republican doing. There was was another resolution that did pass this weekend, and that is whenever uh, in the future it was a – there's going to be legislation for the Speaker of the House. It's always been secret ballot for the Speaker mm-hmm. of the House. Um, and then, you know, we've seen Democratic heads of, of committees mm-hmm. in the past uh, in the House. It's a problem. Uh, uh, whenever we have, uh, you know, 70% of Republicans. So uh, that's going to be changed. I All believe. right. We're going to come back and talk about it when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got a break coming your way. Stay with us here at 1011 FM, the answer. Okay, so hate crimes legislation is not the only piece of legislation we got to keep our eyes open for uh, in this next legislative session that will start in January. Now, with me mentioning this, let me mention one other thing. Uh, since I'm now in the mornings like I am, I will not be at the Capitol because being at the Capitol from uh, 6 until 8 o'clock a.m. is getting there before everybody else is getting there, and there won't be anybody to sit down and literally talk to us about legislation that's pending. Kind of sad not to be a. We're going to try to get people, since we're as close as we are, is to come here and and talk about, uh, about all of this. So. A piece of legislation that I think will probably raise its ugly head again, I don't believe it will come out of the Republican Party. I think it will come out of out of the Democrats again, and that, that's going to be uh, red flag laws. I don't expect that we'll see that from uh, Republicans. The last time the General Assembly was in, in uh, uh, session, which was 20, uh, what was it, 2020, 
2018, uh, would have been uh, the one brought forth by uh, Bond and uh, who was that? Uh, Letting. Greg Letting and Greg Letting, both uh, uh, very liberal uh, uh, Democrats. Uh, and they waited until literally the the midnight hour to bring it forth and it got defeated in committee and didn't go anywhere do you get a feeling that there's republicans out there that are thinking about this i mean i just i wouldn't have thought there were republicans thinking about hate crime legislation are you getting any feeling from talking to people on saturday that there are well when i think back to 2019 uh, there was support in the republican party that i heard several of them say including the governor that as long as the red flag law had due process involved in it for the people to get their guns back well, he they said would that support, from 18 on yeah from 18 on so uh but uh, the nature of a red flag law is someone saying that you know paul's been thinking some some really bad things over there my neighbor and i think he's radical and he has some crazy views i think you need to take his guns away from him and then investigate him to make sure he's of sound mind so the very nature of a red flag law is no due process you're not convicted of a crime there's been no charges against you but we're going to take your rights away from you and then Two years later, or down the road, after you've proved that you deserve the Second Amendment right, then you may have your guns back. So I have heard many Republicans say they support it with due process. A red flag law has no due well, process. Well, part, part of the problem is, so I, I actually testified against this legislation back when it came up in the Senate. And um, Alan Clark kind of made a point about the fact that, you know, you can write due process into the law, but the problem is – it's not enforced. Currently, we've got people that may be um, calling in on people for child welfare, and they lie, or, or government officials that lie. Right. And they're not held accountable from what he was telling me. And so that that's a problem right now. So you can write due process into the law, and there was actually— It's that, not that, a red flag that, law. If it that, has that, due process up front, it's not legis- a red flag law. But that law. legislation did have due process written into it. The problem is that we cannot trust government— to hold people accountable and actually abide by the due process that's in the law already, from what I can tell. And so we can't trust government. Government has proven themselves untrustworthy. And so that was one of the things that and, – and, and Alan Clark was making this point. So Alan Clark, for those of you who don't know, is is very involved in child welfare issues where the state is apparently abusing a lot of people. And he wants to bring some accountability there. And I appreciate him for doing that. But that was one of the points he was making because of his experience in dealing with some of these child welfare cases – where you might have a family that's that's being ramrodded by, by state officials, and there's just so little accountability. You're it guilty might take, and still proven innocent. Right. It might take them months or years to, to get justice. And Never. As I'm sure many politicians would tell you that this, just because it's written in the law doesn't mean it'll be followed. Doesn't mean it'll be followed. Right. And, that's and the, then by the time they're forced to follow it, your life has been destroyed. Well, right. It's a useless law, a red flag law, if it's written in the front end. So due process is to go before a judge or to be convicted of a crime. If you're convicted of a crime, now you can have your Second Amendment rights taken away from you because you're a criminal. Well, and, and if but if, the, if 
it loses its purpose if there's due process on the front. All right. We'll continue this in a moment. we got to get to the news. When we come back, we're going to talk further about this because it's something you got to get on the front of your mind because the General Assembly starts meeting again in January. So as soon as you celebrate New Year's Eve, then you should put your hand over your wallet. All right, hope you uh, get caught up on the news there. You're ready to continue our discussion on the Dave Ellswick Show, 6 o'clock in the evening edition. And we were talking about red flag laws. Um, I have to tell you that what red flag laws does is take away your due process. We we have talked uh, extensively about this, and I don't think we can add anything to this except that yeah, if you're put in front of a judge and he makes a decision that you're a danger to somebody uh, without, you know, the necessary uh, information that you would have in a in a trial or whatever, mm-hmm. and they start taking things away from you, uh, you should be very, very nervous and about the, and that. And there's a process for that already. And so, so if you're if you're in a serious distress of some sort and, and you've got some mental issues or, or maybe you're criminally criminally threatening and people, people can show evidence right. that you right. are you know maybe you'll do something criminally because you're not yourself so to speak then you've got a, a, a reason to show up in front of a judge yeah. but judges don't give you your rights and they don't but they can take them away they well, don't give them to you at least that god is a does process. that that's exactly right so at least that is somewhat of a process. A red flag law by nature is the elimination of due process. That, that's true. And I think that the governor used the excuse of show me that you can have due process because he knows you can't show that as a methodology for him. to be. Look, I like Asa. He's a good person. But he, he brings too much Washington political thought process, I believe, to the state. And what i mean by that is he's he wants to 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 uh sow a fine line and he would rather not say i'm against red flag laws he wants he doesn't want to turn off the possibility of any voter when they go into the booth pushing uh, the the typical button for his you know who was ever against well, him and you watch when he got elected the first time around i think he was he was supporting minimum wage increase and it, that's uh, that's a kind of a populist idea and it's, it's unprincipled undoubtedly but it's 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 frustrating though that that he's going to run as a republican and literally support minimum wage increase i mean that's that and so he he's kind of got a history of of doing that and it's, it's kind of frustrating he walks a razor's edge that's the way i always refer to it on the air because you don't want to turn anybody off at the polls, um, all right? But there's times that you have to take a principled stand, and it is going to turn off the people who really don't want to vote for you anyway, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, people have and, contempt for people who just kind of are wishy-washy. And, like, you know, there's a lot of people that didn't like Ron Paul's positions, but, but they knew where he stood, and they, they, a lot of people respected him because of that, even though they thought he was wrong. And so there were people that – and he got reelected a lot of times. No, down in Texas. Yeah, down yeah. in Texas. I mean, there's his his positions were, were pretty far out in, in, in many respects. But he was consistent. 
and and people knew where he stood, and and people like that, and people respect that. Um, well, when people ask you, are you for or against a bill, and they say, well. I would have to read it before I did. You can't go on principles like a, a red flag law that, you know, you can read the 40, you know, whatever, 35, 40 red flag laws in other states, and mm-hmm. they're going to be very similar in the way they're written. But whenever, but you can stand on a principle. And, and, and he has said that, you know, he'd have to, he would, he's open. I'm open sure. to red flag laws, but I'd have to see the due process yeah. as the exact and, and statement. That's, and that's that is walking the razor's edge. That's exactly what he's doing. He doesn't want to say yay or nay. He wants to say, here's all I can say. But I do believe that if you were looking, if you were looked at on a national level and you're a Republican, being a Republican, you already get. You know, in a race, you're going to get the majority of the Republican vote. But if you're a Republican, let's say, and you've passed hate crime laws and you've passed red flag laws, then you're going to get a good percentage of the vote on the other side, which would give you an advantage. So, you know, just personally, and I can't speak for the governor, but personally, it looks like political. Lieutenant Governor, just text me. I cannot support the hate crimes bill that has been proposed. Okay. He also says, uh, I do not uh, support red flag laws. Yes, I'm opposed. All right. There it is. They're both. He's, All right. He's out on both. You don't have to guess on those, do you? All right. That is, that By the is way, great. thanks to the lieutenant governor for yes. getting back to us on that. that that's awesome. He, he took a stand on, on a principle just like. That's nice. Just like Paul said, he took a a stand on principle. We appreciate that. Even people who disagree with you will still respect you for it. And and so I I appreciate that. Even when people disagree with me, I can I can better respect them if they'll be forthright. If they'll state their principle. That's exactly right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor did speak this weekend at the Republican committee. He did an awesome job. He's still saying, I'm for big and bold changes. I don't want little changes. I want big changes. And see, you know, that's what get, I was talking about earlier, that I don't know if the state would have been ready for the big, bold changes that we would really like to see as as conservatives because they'd come out of 130-odd years of Democrat rule. Right. Well, I hope we're ready for I hope we're ready for. Well, them I now. think we're ready now. It would I think at least be now. nice to stop growing government for crying out loud. I mean, when, when, when government continues to get bigger and bigger each year, I mean, what do we have? Do we really have Republicans? I mean, at least stop the growth. Yeah, when you reverse. move things, when you're, it's like a shell game, and, and you're moving the taxes around under a shell, and you raise this one, you lower that one, you raise this one, and lower and, that and, one. And when net, it's over, you have to scratch your head and think, well, am I going to pay more taxes well, this, or less this year well, this after is, I go to the pump and pay three three new sales, three new taxes and, at the pump? And and this this is revenue neutral. Oh, wait a minute! But they're looking at the fact that you know this this industry over here is going to grow astronomically in the next few years, so it won't be revenue neutral. Right. I think well, whenever whenever you pass the uh, fees on tires and when you pass uh, gas taxes, you're hitting the hardest working uh, people in the state of Arkansas that uh, uh, the most because they drive to their jobs. They don't work online. They get up every day and they buy used tires and they buy gas and they go to work and they go home in the afternoon. So 
a lot of the taxes that we've passed in the recent years hit the hardest working people and the sh- most struggling people in the state. Yeah, I, I that's R.D. Hopper's opinion anyway. Well, and, and I'd have to agree with you on that. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's just like what we've seen with the um, the lieutenant governor here answering this morning. He's willing to tell tell everybody where he stands. I appreciate that immensely. Uh, you know, after a funeral last week, I went to uh, lunch with some with some preachers that were at the funeral, and uh, one of I said, "Well, you know, wh- what's hit you guys the hardest lately on your day to day lives?" And one of them said, "You know, before Obamacare, I was in a profit sharing insurance, and I was paying two hundred dollars a month, and now I pay a thousand dollars a month for my insurance." He went from two hundred to a thousand. And another preacher said, "Well, that's nothing." Said I was paying seven hundred and fifty a month before, and uh, and now I'm paying fifteen hundred a month, mm. wow, and I have doubles. a fifteen thousand dollar deductible. Mm-hmm. And my wife has cancer, and I have to meet a fifteen thousand dollar deductible every plus year, plus the fifteen hundred a year. So you're looking at that's yeah, plus the fifteen hundred a month. Eight, yeah, that's eighteen thousand dollars a year in premiums plus your fifteen thousand dollars. You're you're looking at your thirty three thousand dollars before the, before you before they pay you a nickel. Right, is that what 30, it is? Before yeah, thir- you get returned? yeah thirty three thousand dollars, and these people don't make that much money. So you want to talk about taxes and socialism? Let's look at our health care plan, guys. And that's where uh, people go bankrupt. That's exactly I'm just, right. just assuming uh, or saying, and if you do any kind of research at all, you'll see that bankruptcy, uh, because of medical reasons, is the number one reason for bankruptcy in America. Now, if in a couple of short years your insurance goes up, you know, at least 100 percent, but 100 to 400 percent, I'm not real sharp, but I'm pretty sure you're paying for your insurance and somebody, and somebody else. else's to go along with it. It's it is pretty maddening. Yes, you know, I don't. Why don't we go back and do it the way it used to be done? If you were a person that was poor, or whatever that term means in America anymore, uh, and uh, you couldn't afford sur- the surgery that uh, you know the doctor wanted to do on you, it would seem like to me that uh, if we go back and allow, like if somebody does open heart surgery on on you at Baptist or at uh, Vincent's or wherever you have it done at, that the hospital, who if they're doing it pro bono, can write that off of their taxes. I write off their make, losses. That makes sense to me. It's a dollar-for-dollar dollar trade. But, you know, we've what we've got to do, though, is get the insurance companies between the taxpayer and the hospital and guarantee them a 25% return mm-hmm. on tax money. But... But anyway, don't get me started. So the best way to, to oh, solve poverty, have. yeah, the best way to <laughs> the best way to stop poverty is to make everybody poor, so everybody's on an equal basis. I well, guess. that's what socialism is about: making well, everybody quote equal. Doesn't mean you're well, going up. It, it was. It's working on those preachers that I talked to at, after the funeral this well, weekend. It's working for them real well. What's sad is you've got people a few years ago that were paying for their own insurance. They were able to buy it on the marketplace. And not the government marketplace, but this the general yeah free market insu- insurance marketplace, and it's hard to we can't really call it a free market because it, it was still really exactly. tied up in regulation back then too. But but the thing is, people were able to hold their head up and say, you know, I'm paying for my own insurance, and now they're on government welfare insurance in many cases, and it, it's 
it's sad because you've got people that that could uh, that could actually pay for their own pay their own way, and now they're kind of forced, yeah, to take um, this government welfare. And um, we, we, why can't we try freedom? Let's just try it once. Can we? Can we try it? Can we try? You liberty? know, they tried this self governing thing that people could govern themselves with moral principles mm-hmm. and, and a Bible that were self governing. But I'm not sure if that experiment. Yeah, yeah, we we destroyed our last, but we need to. We've destroyed our moral culture so much. But it's going to take big and bold moves to get it back. And what we need to do is less government, more freedom, and less regulation. The thing is that more freedom and more responsibility has a tendency to help people become more responsible. Because you know, if if I don't have government to bail me out, or I don't have a parent to bail me out, or somebody to to bail me out when I make stupid decisions. Then I'm eventually going to learn or die. All right. Before we uh, go back to break, let me read you some information here. This week, Western nations are set to administer their first doses of the coronavirus vaccine, capping a remarkable scientific achievement under President Trump that will save an untold number of lives and help the global economy recover from a historic recession. Some countries have already started their vaccine programs. Russia began inoculating its citizens on Saturday, and about a million Chinese have already been vaccinated. The arrival of vaccines marks the beginning of the end of this dark chapter in human history, but also the beginning of the beginning. In the U.S., uh, priority will be given to health care workers and residents of long-term care facilities, and healthy folks might not see a vaccine until late April. Thursday, the FDA is expected to vote on approving the Pfizer-BioNTech uh, vaccine for emergency use, and it could be administered, administered, there we go, to Americans the next day. The timing of that vote has been controversial. The U.K. approved the same vaccine last Wednesday, and it's set to start inoculating people tomorrow. A few days ahead of the U.S., some experts are questioning why the FDA would wait weeks after Pfizer asked for approval on November 20th to hold a vote as thousands of Americans die from COVID every day. FDA insiders told Stat News this interim time period was necessary to analyze the raw data and give the vaccine the thorough check it needs, considering it'll be administered to hundreds of of millions of uh, people. In further defense of the FDA's uh, process, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci called the UK ruling, quote, rushed, which uh, ticked off some British health officials. Fauci uh, later apologized and said UK regulators had his full confidence. Interesting. All right, let's get our break and then we'll come back and finish up this edition of the Dave Ellswick Show on a Monday. On 101.1 FM, The Answer. Final segment for a Monday show here in the 6 o'clock hour. Paul Calvert is here, and, of course, uh, J.R. J.R. R.D. R.D. <laughs> it's so easy to miss up letters at the very beginning. When I'm people like J.R., and everybody loves to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> but R.D. is here, and, uh, and he's been talking with us uh, as well about all these issues today. Uh, let, let's end with something a little Christmassy. Uh, today and you know christmas as we know it this year is going to be different already has been different i mean black friday went for a whole month basically 
just got over with i think last friday uh to be honest and uh something else that's going to change because i i already noticed this about the walmart in cabot the uh santa claus um meetup place is not there so evidently santa claus is not going to be at walmart now i saw that trailer that they use for that down by is that community bank that's right on second and 89 yes okay there is a community bank. yeah there. so right in their parking lot i saw that that uh, uh, trailer now i don't know if that means it's open or not i didn't have an opportunity to swing back i'll make sure that i go by it today and take a look at it uh to see if santa's going to be there but right now I don't think Santa is anywhere in Cabot for, you know, visits. Somebody told me they were going to go out and get a picture with their child with Santa at the mall. And I said, are you sure Santa's going to be there? I kind of bet there's not going to be one. He'll have a shield on or a mask yeah, maybe, or Maybe he'll be in a, in a hazmat suit. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But big article today, this is from the Associated Press. Uh, take it for what it's worth yeah. if you believe it or not. Uh Santa Claus has got some real problems this year. Uh, most of us tick all the boxes. We're old. We're overweight. We have diabetes. And if we don't have diabetes, we have heart disease, said Stephen Arnold, the president of IBRBS, an association formerly known as the International Brotherhood of Real Bearded Santas. <laughs> Santa safety is our number one concern and negotiated into every contract, said Mitch Allen. President of Hire Santa, one of the nation's largest agencies, he said the pandemic initially dried up his business, but it has bounced back, especially online. Uh, the average Santa makes five to ten grand during a normal season. Uh, that's a, a welcome bonus for men often retired on a fixed income, but many Santas say revenue is down as corporate parties and other lucrative gigs evaporated. So finding Santa this year might be difficult. Well, you've got a lot of people that are, a lot of those men are, they're in the vulnerable stage of life in well, many cases. Dave, you may have to save the day. You've, yeah. already, you've got the beard for it. But now, but now I'm, a, I'm a thin Santa. Yeah. I look more like, who was it, uh, the bad Santa, you know, didn't have the padding and all of that kind of stuff. But bottom line is is this. It's, you know, bringing up Santa Claus on the computer and your child talking to him. I don't know. Maybe kids are so used now to to using do a, a, Zoom, a, Zoom meeting. a Zoom meeting or whatever <laughs> that they would not think anything of it. Uh, I just I just think that. Um, we're going to miss something this Christmas. I mean, I I know there's there's families. I I know them that are talking about not getting together and and passing out gifts amongst themselves or having a a Christmas dinner uh, on Christmas Day, like they didn't have Thanksgiving just uh, a few weeks ago. Fear makes us do really really silly stuff. And I think well, this is silly stuff. Well, as long as people are over 21 and they're making their own decisions on what's best for them or their family, I don't have a problem with it because people can make a, a moral conscious de- 
decision on your own. Now, whenever you start telling someone that if you have Santa Claus come over and there are over 12 cars in your driveway, we're going to flip the electricity off to your house. Now, that's a different story. But well, but it's it's been a crazy year. It's, it's going it's, to wind up a crazy year. But let's let people decide if they want to go see Santa Claus or not. And let people take risks. And that's the thing <laughs> is that government is not smart enough to really assess risk. They, they'll, 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 they think they can. They, they think they can. But, but, but in many cases, who knows? Some of the, the mandates they're putting out might actually be killing people. But they're going to take credit for saving lives, regardless of whether or not they're killing people. In and there cases, won't be any politics so, involved in the yeah, of decisions they make. Of course, there won't make. be any politics involved. Mm-hmm. And besides the fact that maybe <laughs> some of the, the the stiff competition for the big box stores, um, these mom and pop stores are just going to go out of business forever, perhaps. And, and of course, that that may not play. That's not going to play any role, of course, in the in the political decision making. Well, yeah, right. Well, but, we'll still get to watch Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and, and yeah. then we'll still get to watch. It's a wonderful well, life a, tomorrow night. Yeah, that's tomorrow night. Yep. All right. It's and uh, it looks like it's going to be probably they're going to open up a third theater. Now. Okay. I just looked today and. It's looking awful black in those uh, in those uh, theaters where it's showing. Well, that's, a lot. The, well, the, that's good. You know, the, that, the seats have been bought. Well, that's good. Everybody still has a Christmas spirit, and everybody will do the best they can in the crazy conditions that we're in. Folks, uh, at the end of the story, the writer says, For families sitting with Santa, even if he's wearing a shield, is a bit of norm- normalcy in abnormal times. So... If they get the shield, I have no problem. I just go into virtual everything drives me crazy. It really, really does. I don't think you have to be that worried. I don't know if you're worried, put the little one in a mask and let them sit on Santa's lap. And Santa will probably be wearing a shield or a mask. Thank you, Paul, for coming in today. Artie, thank you for coming in tomorrow. Elizabeth will be back in studio. And the Bible guys, I'll see you then at 6 a.m.